RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The People's Daily names Hong Kong teachers in a critical report. A union accuses Cathay Pacific, Cathay Pacific of caving into Beijing. And a women's group planned to rally against alleged police sexual abuse. The Communist Party's official mouthpiece, the People's Daily, has named and criticised some Hong Kong teachers, accusing them of being unethical, provoking hatred towards police and encouraging class boycotts in support of the protests. In a commentary in its overseas edition, it named several teachers and the Professional Teachers Union for planting radical political ideas in the minds of students who it said lack the ability to make independent judgments. It said the teachers should be sacked or punished. The chairman of the Confederation of Trade Unions says Cathay Pacific has completely caved in to political pressure. The group will hold a rally at 4pm at Edinburgh Place in Central to protest against recent staff dismissals by the airline. Beijing has told Cathay that staff who support the anti-government protests won't be allowed to fly in mainland airspace. Carrollton says the airline needs to face these workers, who she says have been terminated without proper reason. The people now seeing this company no longer belongs to Hong Kong. They are acting on behalf of someone actually controlling behind. Perhaps it's from mainland China. But one of the very important images for an airline is your professionalism. But if you're giving up your professionalism and you were gradually losing the trust and those confidence from your customers too. And also it's an actual fact when there is a large amount of these experienced flying staff being now dismissed, what's going to happen in the reality of their operation safety? A women's group will stage a rally tonight at Chater Garden to condemn what they say is the police's use of sexual violence against protesters. The Hong Kong Women's Coalition on Equal Opportunities also wants an investigation into the allegations. There have been claims of female protesters being sexually harassed by police, including one who said she was strip-searched by two female officers without legal grounds. Linda Wong is the group's spokeswoman. Tonight, we have uh, this assembly with the aim to make the strongest condemnation of the police use of sexual violence as a means to intimidate protesters. And also, we want to use this assembly to demand the police force to seriously investigate and make accountable acts of the sexual violence committed by the police force during the anti-extradition protest. Dozens of people have gathered outside central government offices in Tamar calling for an anti-mask law. The group, Real Hong Kongers View, handed in a petition to government staff demanding laws that would stop protesters covering their faces when attending rallies. Jason Lam is the group's convener. If they have the mask, they cannot be identifiable and they can hire their identity so that they will not bear any responsibility for their action and their opinion. So I think if we have the anti-mask law, that would be good for everyone who can enjoy their right for the demonstration in a peaceful way, but not destroyed by other people who hire their identity. He said police should also show their ID numbers when carrying out their duties. Businessman Alan Zeman has warned that business in Hong Kong will take a huge hit if the government invokes emergency laws to deal with ongoing protests. But he believes the city can recover as long as the one country, two systems arrangement remains in place, noting Hong Kong survived the 2003 SARS epidemic. The chairman of the Lan Kwai Fong Group was commenting on a Tsingtao Daily report claiming the government was considering the measure. But Mr Zeman said the situation hasn't reached that stage. 
Business and trade would definitely take an even bigger hit than it's taking right now. Hong Kong's reputation, if the ordinance was put through, obviously would get affected very badly. The confidence in Hong Kong would get affected. The ordinance only works if you really have violence here, bad violence here, and no other way to control it. So you move forward, and then if the ordinance could control everything, yes, it would be a temporary setback. But I think at the end, if Hong Kong still keeps the one country, two systems, we have a good future. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has told a pro-business delegation to unite Hong Kong society in the face of the SAR's most difficult challenge since the handover. He told the Belt and Road, the Belt and Road General Chamber of Commerce in Beijing that it should give strong support to the SAR government in stopping the violence and restoring social order. In other news now, the power company CLP says there's been a positive response to its feed-in tariff scheme, which pays customers for the amount of renewable energy they generate and pump back into the grid. The company received 4,300 applications for the scheme, which it launched in May last year. It says it's approved more than 80% of them, with the potential green electricity generated enough to power 15,000 homes for a year. Greenpeace's Francis Young says the government should see how excited people are by the scheme and set targets for renewable energy adoption for the whole of Hong Kong. The government has always said Hong Kong has some potential to develop renewable energy in Hong Kong, but it is only talking about the potential. The government has not really turned it into a compulsory target for the city to follow. So I think the government should take a step forward being the positive response of the public to the fin tariff policy. So why not we have a target? In overseas news, Purdue Pharma, the American drug maker owned by the billionaire Sackler family, is in talks to settle more than 2,000 opioid lawsuits against it. Purdue and the Sacklers have denied allegations of marketing prescription painkillers aggressively while masking the risks from their prolonged use. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. In a statement, the company said it was prepared to defend itself vigorously, although it didn't comment on U.S. media reports that it was offering between 10 and $12 billion to settle the lawsuits. The statement added that Purdue Pharma saw little good coming from years of wasteful litigation and appeals, and that it believed a constructive global resolution was the best path forward. It follows a judge's order in Oklahoma that the healthcare firm Johnson & Johnson should pay over half a billion dollars for its role in promoting the opioid crisis. A court in New York has heard graphic accounts from women who say they were sexually abused by the late financier Jeffrey Epstein. There's anger that his death in prison early this month prevented him from being tried. Prosecutors say investigations are continuing into those who helped him exploit underage girls. One of Epstein's accusers is Jennifer Arrows. It was so powerful in there hearing all the other victims and um, very similar stories that I have uh, endured. I wanted to thank the judge for letting us speak, um, having some closure. It's still going to be a rough road, but I also wanted to thank all the survivors that had reached out to me as well and telling me their stories. 
A former Google engineer has pleaded not guilty in a California court to stealing trade secrets. The US Department of Justice alleges that Anthony Lewandowski downloaded thousands of files from a server belonging to the Google subsidiary Waymo as he was leaving the company in 2015. Prosecutors say this helped him form an autonomous company he later sold to Uber for about 680 million US dollars. David Anderson is the US attorney for the Northern District of California. The indictment alleges trade secret theft in 33 specific counts corresponding to 33 specific downloads. The statutory maximum sentence for each count of trade secret theft is 10 years imprisonment and a fine of $250,000. Mr. Anderson's lawyer, Miles Ehrlich, told reporters his client was innocent. Not a single one of these supposedly secret files ever went to Uber or to any other company or person. Anthony Lewandowski never stole or attempted to steal anything, period. The government has it dead wrong. And we're confident that the proof and the evidence at trial will prove him innocent. The British opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn says MPs will take the first steps towards trying to pass a law blocking a no-deal Brexit when Parliament returns next week. The Labour leader was speaking after meeting the leaders of other opposition parties to discuss ways of avoiding a no-deal. I've written to all 116 MPs that voted against uh, no-deal to ask them if they will recognise the importance next week of supporting a legislative approach, which would be an all-party approach, to ensure that we don't crash out with all the problems that will create. The move means the Prime Minister might be forced to ask the European Union for a further Brexit delay beyond the current October 31st deadline. The Brazilian government says it's willing to accept foreign aid for fighting fires devastating the Amazon rainforest as long as it controls the funds. The announcement suggests President Bolsonaro has dropped his demand for an apology from President Macron of France before he would accept help from G7 countries. The announcement follows a meeting with the governors of the nine Brazilian Amazonian states, many of whom called for more money to deal with the emergency. Meanwhile, the Bolivian president, Evan Morales, has called for cooperation and unity to fight wildfires in his country, as well as those in Brazil. He said he'd spoken to the presidents of Peru and Paraguay about a coordinated response, and Peru had promised two helicopters, but he said the G7 countries need to do more. The G7 countries have said they would help with $20 million. I'm not certain that is enough. You are all aware of the Paris Climate Accord to fight global warming together. Now that there are fires, they want to cooperate. Any cooperation is welcome and urgent, and not only for Bolivia, but for South America. International conservationists have agreed a ban on the export of wild African elephants to zoos at a meeting of CITES, the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species. Parties to the convention voted to end the dispatch of elephants from Zimbabwe, South Africa, Botswana and Namibia. Zimbabwe is currently the main international exporter of African elephants, having sent more than 100 baby elephants to zoos since 2012. Financial news now and in currencies, the euro trading at 105 points. Sorry, the euro is trading at $1.10. The yen is trading at 105.8 to the dollar and the pound is worth 9.6 Hong Kong dollars. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,651, 12 points down on the previous close. Now with the latest sports, here's Joanne Wong.
Tennis and second seed Rafael Nadal has eased past Australia's John Millman 6-3-6-2-6-2 in his opening match at the U.S. Open. The Spaniard will face another Australian, Tenassi Kokonakis, in the second round after taking just over two hours to see off Millman, the player who stunned Roger Federer in the last 16 in New York a year ago. And two-time French Open runner-up Dominic Thiem has crashed out. The BBC's tennis commentator David Law reports from Flushing Meadows. Some of the biggest names in the draws have gone out, certainly on the men's side. Dominic Team, the fourth seed, has gone out at the hands of Thomas Fabiano today in four sets. He came into the tournament not feeling particularly well. He'd had a run to the title in Kitzbühel on clay a few weeks ago and suffered some early losses on the hardcourt tournaments in America here, said he wasn't 100% fit, didn't look 100% fit, and went out in four sets. Also joining him out of the tournament was the eighth seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas, a real epic match he played against Andrei Rublev, the young Russian, and eventually was cramping Tsitsipas, eventually defeated in five sets. So he is out of the tournament. And the women's draw defending champion Naomi Osaka survived the Rockies' dart to come through in three tough sets against Russia's Anna Blinkova, the world number 84. Osaka suffered a first-round exit last month at Wimbledon, and the Japanese star found a spirited Blinkova hard to put away before she advanced 6-4, 6-7, 6-2 in two hours and 28 minutes. I felt nervous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely a new feeling. Never had to come into a tournament. Um, as a, well, coming to a Grand Slam. I mean, I, I went to Indian Wells once. Um, so I did feel like that gave me a little bit of practice, but um, the amount of nerves that I felt today was completely different than in California. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of really glad that's over. Reigning Wimbledon champion Simona Halep also advanced to the second round by outlasting U.S. player Nicole Gibbs 6-3-3-6-6-2. And 15-year-old Coco Gauff is through to the second round as well in her U.S. Open debut. She beat 72nd-ranked Russian Anastasia Potapova 3-6-6-2-6-4. To football and historic club Barry have been expelled from the English Football League after failing to resolve their financial problems or find a new buyer. Barry had been in the league for 125 years and won promotion to their third tier at the end of last season. The club will now likely face liquidation. Ivan Lewis, an independent member of parliament for the town, suggested the club may not go quietly. I'm stunned, I'm shocked and of course I'm devastated but, but my job is also to think about even at this late stage what avenues remain open to us. And I have to say, this whole situation has exposed so many flaws in football that over the next few hours, we need to think about whether we have any redress. Another historic English club, Bolton Wanderers, are also at risk of expulsion from the league for financial reasons. Thanks to Joanne Wong there. Now, to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The People's Daily names Hong Kong teachers in a critical report. A union accuses Cathay Pacific of caving in to Beijing and a women's group plans to rally against alleged police sexual abuse. That's the news from RTHK.